good to be here. I was asked to come to Belleville. I just want to tell you that I'm not a reject. <laughs> you know those, 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 those clappuchis, you know? And you're birth and it's just a chuku. Did you hear that? <laughs> I'm not, I'm, you know, I know that, because um, I was asked last night to come and, and speak about, uh, to, 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 in Belleville and speak about, you know, um, Christian education. But I'm going to tell you from the very onset that I am a product of Christian education. So I have a right to stand here. Can you say amen? I... I have the privilege of having gone through the system. And I can tell you that this system shaped or helped shape me into the person that I am today. I'm not all fixed up yet, but I can tell you that I'm not where I could have been. I remember it was an early morning my mother woke myself up and, and my brother Virgil, my twin brother, woke us up and said, it's time to go to a new crash. And we thought, where are we going to? Because our crash where we lived was just around the corner and my mother woke us up. And she said, it's time to go to crash. And we traveled from Mitchell's Plain uh, to Athlone. And we came in to the crash that was on the premises of Riverside uh, SDA Church. And we went there, and I can tell you that there was weeping and gnashing of teeth that day. <laughs> I just wanted to say it was my brother, but I can't lie because it's Sabbath. So it was, it was me. And uh, it was just it was a, a new experience. I don't remember much of that day. But that day marked the beginning of my Christian experience. Or at least my, my experience in the in Christian education or Christian institutions. From Krish, that was 1991. I moved to the primary school in 1993. And there I remember, not much, it's very vague to me, but I do remember being introduced to a loving Jesus. And I want to tell you that, that Christian education and our schools are just an extension of what happens at home. It's vague to me what, what, I, what I can remember, but what I can remember is singing songs like, I am a promise, I am a possibility. I'm a promise with a capital P. I remember singing songs like, As a deer panters forth, the waters, oh my soul, longs after you. I also remember singing a song called, um, I am a sheep. Bear, 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 bear. I am a sheep. You I'm a sheep. Or the song, um, the fruit, the fruit song, I just go bananas for my Lord. I remember it was in grade six when I was 12 years old that I preached my first sermon at Riverside Primary School. Say amen. amen. I was 12 years old and that started my ministry. I was in classroom and I don't know, I probably just looked like a pastor. Um, and they said, would you like to preach for us on, on Wednesday? Maybe I was also a chuku that day. 
But they asked me and I said yes. And it started my ministry. Grade 6, 12 years old. That same year I gave my life to God completely by baptism. Pastor Human baptized me. And uh, he was so gracious to also bring me out of the water again. And uh, yeah, powerful experiences. I remember I was grade seven and I told my mother, I'm not going to Gurub High School. I'm not going to Christian education. I want, because I, I loved cricket and I wanted to pursue something in cricket. And so I said, take me to a school and I brought the applications from Rhodes and my mother would say, yes, that's a, that's a good school. And I said, can you sign here? She'd sign here. I went to Weinberg Boys because they also had some good cricket going there. And I asked, sign it, please. And she signed it. And she says, yes, no, this. And I came up December of, my, of, 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 of 1999, before I went to high school. You know, my mother was saying, yo, Eugene, you've got it all figured out. It's powerful. When January came, she says, we are going to school. I said, which school? She said, the best school. And we drove all the way past Past all the schools that I had applied for. <laughs> I said, which school is this? And then we came to the halls of Goodop High School, which was red, not because of the face brick, but because of the, the ball water that they used to sprinkle on the fence. And we could barely make out the name, Goodop High School. Beloved, it was scary. I don't know if you've ever come past where the um, Kalkfontein, what is that area? You come that way where the dormitories. Yo, it's a scary. It's, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. I came there thinking, is this it? Is this the best school? I then spent standard six, seven, eight, nine, and ten at the school. Say, say amen, beloved, because some people spend longer. So. <laughs> So I, I did have something right up here. So it's f five years I spent. And then from there I, I went to, 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 to Helderberg College to pursue um, my calling as a pastor and studied there. I studied one year at Oakwood University, came back to graduate at Helderberg. And um, here I am. I'm not telling you this because the reason why I'm telling you this is because it was at these schools that I learned of Jesus and his love for me. I can honestly tell you that during my schooling years at these Christian institutions, not only did I develop a desire for preaching, and for the gospel. Not only did I learn about I'm a promise with a capital P, but as Ellen White puts it, I had learned that God's ideal for his children is higher than the highest human thought can reach. I've not just learned academics, but more importantly, the purpose God has for my life. So I'm here to testify. I'm here to testify. 
that even though my parents had sacrificed so much to ensure that three of their children, all three of their children, attend Christian education, when the options were so great, I'm here to testify that Christian education costs a lot, but it pays even more. I'm going to say that again. I say it with conviction. Because when I grew up, I said, I want to send my children to Christian education. And I was in George, and I had requested to move out of George before my kids start grade one. I was there for six years, powerful years. And by God's grace, both of my children, I've got two children. I'm a very active pastor. Can you say me? <laughs> got two children. But not as active as other people, but two children. And, uh, and both of them are at Goodall Primary. My wife left her work and she's dedicated it to our schools as well. So I don't speak from a vacuum. I have total conviction that Christian education, yes, may cost a lot, but it pays even more. Before we continue with the message on Christian education, let's close our eyes for prayer. Kind and gracious Father in heaven, Lord, we have come and you need to speak to our hearts. But Lord, you need a vessel. And so here I am, Lord. You know my heart. You know where I am. I pray that I may decrease so that Christ may increase. I pray, Father, that the message for this hour may not just be good for information, but for transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 28. It says, therefore, also, this is Hannah. I, she says, therefore, also, I have learned. I've lent him, Samuel, to the Lord. As long as he lived, he shall be lent to the Lord. And Samuel worshipped the Lord there. Now, in case you don't know, Hannah was barren. Hannah had a, a husband called Alkanah, and Alkanah had another wife called Pinina. And Hannah could not bear children, even though Alkanah loved Hannah much. Hannah could not bear him children. In fact, the only way she could conceive was through a supernatural act. Hannah was barren. Hannah and Alkana tried to have, have children, but, but they failed. They tried and tried, but they kept on failing. They tried and they tried, but they kept on failing. I don't know how many of you have tried and tried, but you kept on failing. We are not just talking about when you can't have children, but you tried and tried to, to do what is right in the sight of God, but you just kept on failing. You try and you try to give up certain habits and bad habits, but you just keep on failing. I don't know how many of you have tried to give up a sin and, and you've just wrestled with God and you've tried to give it up, but, but somehow you keep on failing. Hannah and Alkana tried, but they kept on failing. They tried and tried, but kept on failing. Maybe you've tried to find a job that does not require you to work on a Sabbath, but you just keep on failing. How many of you have gone through a process where it feels like the doors have closed on you? You've tried and tried, but you kept on failing. But I take courage in the words of Alan White, where Alan White says, where one door closes, God has a thousand others that we know nothing of 
And so, yes, it is sad and it is difficult to go through processes and procedures and, and difficult times and trials in our lives where we try and try, but we keep on failing. But I serve a God, beloved, that assures us in Romans 8 verse 28 that God says, I can do what? I work all things together for the good to them that love him. And I like that word all because it's emphatic. It's not limited. It's not restricted. It's not constrained. It's, it's basically unlimited. God says, I have the, 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 the ability to, to take everything, everything. It's not just the good things or the nice things or the things that we like. He says, I have the ability to take all things and work them out together for the good. Some of us are sitting with brokenness. We are here with suit and tie, but we are going through tough times. God says, what you are going through, I, that thing, that very hardship, that very trial you are going through, I have the ability to take that and work it out together for the good. Beloved, I'm here to tell you that God can take your mess and turn it into a message. He can take your test and turn it into a testimony. He can take your demon and turn it into a sermon. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And this is what we see in the life of, of Hannah. The Bible now says, stay with me, beloved, we are going somewhere. The Bible says that Hannah had cried for a child. And God granted her request. And now, she's on her way to take her child to Shiloh, to Eli, to the school of Shiloh. But this is the thing. There are issues at Shiloh. Because she had given a child and said, Lord, I will give my child to you. But Shiloh had some difficulties. Because you see, at Shiloh, there were two children called Hophni and Phineas. The worst, the worst of school kids you can have at a school. Terrible school kids. And now, think about it, think about it. Hannah had made a promise that she would send her child to Shiloh. But things were different at Shiloh. You see, when she made the request, the acts and the things of, of Hophni and Phineas was not there yet. But now, there was an issue. Shiloh was not the same. So to send her child to Shiloh would require some risk. Okay, stay with me. Are you, are you with me, beloved? Would require what? Would require risk. Because Hophni and Phineas and, and so, 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 so things weren't the same. The principle was not as strong as, as, as the principle should have been because he could not even deal with his own children. So now, she could have questioned and she could have said, Lord, I know I made that decision to give my whole, my, my, my everything I have, my child to you. But things are different. This is going to require a risk. Because the principal, <laughs> the teacher, the elder, 
And the other thing is, Anna was not aware whether or not she would have another son. So this was her only begotten son that she had a risk to take to Shiloh. There's a sermon in there. I wish I could, I don't have time. But she took her only son and she risked it. And the question I want to ask, now we're getting into the message, is why would she risk everything she has? What caused her to, to have that great faith, even though the school did not look the way it's supposed to look? Even though the, the results of the school and the academic results was not all in place, what made Hannah take that huge risk in sending her child? I want to give you three reasons. Just three reasons. And this is the first one. Hannah possessed a faith that outweighed reason. Hannah did what? She possessed a faith that outweighed reason. You see, sometimes our faith is restricted by our intelligence. Sometimes, let me put it like this, sometimes our intelligence restricts the power of God in our lives. Am I saying it correctly? See, sometimes we think we are too clever to, for God. We, we too so, 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 so God's power is limited to our logic. God's power in our lives is limited to the stats of the world. God's, 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 God's power is limited to the psychologist, to the psychiatrist, and to, and, and, to, and to our ability of reasoning. And so what we see in Hannah is that her faith outweighed the logic. You remember when the disciples, they were on their way, you know, they, they'd seen God perform miracles, they'd seen God do all these powerful things. But now, in Mark chapter 4, God says to them, disciples, get into this boat. Peter, James, and John, they get into the boat. But when they got into the boat, the boat was where they had knowledge. Now, now, when God took them, think about it, when God, Jesus took them off the shores, right, they, they were entering an, an unentered area um, where, where they were not comfortable. But immediately when they entered into the boat, they now entered into a place where they were comfortable in. They had information, they had, they had the intelligence in, in, in the boat because they weren't fishermen. And the Bible says, now Jesus says to them, go out into the sea. Now when they see the this, this, this storm coming or this, the, 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 the sea you know, starting to move in the water and the waves starting to pick up, their intelligence and their logic tells them, we know this. We've gone through this experience. No one comes out of this thing alive. So now their logic is telling them, listen, what we are going through, no one comes out of this. Then, then the Bible says, because they realize that this is a storm where people died, they call to Jesus, they say to Jesus, they say to Jesus, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Because they knew in their mind, this is it. Then Jesus stands up. You know the story, right? Jesus gets up, Jesus says to them, to the peace, to the storm, peace be still. But then Jesus asked him this question. Disciples, where was your faith? 
Now, now the word were means that they had displaced their faith. In other words, they, had, they did have faith. Are you following? They did have faith. They had faith when Jesus, you know, gave sight to the blind, gave, 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 made the deaf to hear. They had, but Jesus, where's that faith? You see, within the, their logic and within the intelligence, somewhere in between, they had lost their faith and they based their faith on their reasoning. Ah, oh, say amen, man. I'm going to tell you when to say amen. Yeah. You know, in my sermons, I put inverted comments and said, amen, yeah, people's going to say amen, yeah. And you just missed that one. But this is it. I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. Sometimes, and this is what the disciples are doing, they, they must place, they, they must place, they had the faith. And some of us, truth be told, we sing beautifully with conviction, but, but when we go through those difficult times, and when the rubber meets the road, we ask, where is that smile that I once had? Because now intelligence and logic is saying, God can't, we've seen this song, through it all, through it all. The, you know, and God is the mountain and the valley. What's the song? Yeah, we, that one. So, 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 we sing and we sing, with, but when we go through it, and the, you know what we do? is because sometimes our intelligence just, just blocks the power of God. And, but what, what Anna is showing us is that, that, that sometimes our logic Oh, our faith need to supersede logic. Listen, it did not make logical sense for, 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 for bread, uh, a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish to feed 5,000, but there was faith. Listen, little is much when God is in it. And so, so that didn't make sense for, 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 for this guy to go into the pool of the Jordan River, throw himself seven times into, up and down in the water, and, and, and then be healed. It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense for Shadrach, Meshach, and Obednego to go in a, a, a fire burns. A fire burns. It doesn't make sense to go into a fire. But even what we learn from these Bible characters, beloved, is that sometimes our faith needs to supersede logic. Needs to supersede Statistics. So, so, oh, hundreds, not always 100%, not always, but sometimes God requires a faith that, that goes beyond your brain. Let's not limit an unlimited God. You know, there was a guy, let me just tell you this. Do, do you know William, William Freud? and Hazen Floss. You, you remember these guys? Who are these guys? You say you remember, they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you just saying yes because you, you say, yes. let's help the pastor, let's help him. No, uh, who's, who are these guys? They were given a revelation before Ellen White. So before God comes to Ellen White and asks her to be the prophet or instructs her to be, God goes to these educated men. And God goes to them and says to them, listen, I need you. But the education limited God. So when God comes, he says, no, 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 I need to get another woman. 
Now, women were seen as, you know, not to go to, but he says, I need to take her out of the, the education of this world. And he allows a stone to hit her nose so that, because sometimes God says, I need a powerful movement. And for this movement to start, I need to start it on someone who's not going to base their faith on logic and the education of this world. And so he takes her out and hence we have this powerful movement today. Our movement was based on faith that superseded intelligence. Think about it, beloved. I mean, we have these powerful books, you know, um, uh, temperance and health and all this, and, and doctors are now discovering what Adventists had known from a lady that did not even go to, that was sleeping in a coma for most of her life. And so what Hannah teaches us, what Hannah teaches us is that we sometimes must have a faith that supersedes. Because I'm telling you, beloved, I, I don't want to go back here, but it's hurtful to the eyes when you come from Fountain and you see that school. But sometimes you need to have a faith beyond that. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 anyway. Yeah, it was hard for me that day. But I can look back and say, yo. Okay, second reason. The second reason why Hannah was willing to take the risk was because Hannah's obedience was not based on guarantees. Now she didn't say, Eli, you better promise me. First of all, that my sons are not going to turn out like your sons. You better promise me that my children are going to... Uh, 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 I see here some, some good old uh, alumni that was in my same class. I might have had a crush on them also at some point. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's good to see you all here. So, 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 so she didn't say, promise me this. Promise me that my child will have a good girlfriend and a good... God, promise me that they won't end. She didn't make this. She didn't, she didn't base her decision on guarantees. She was willing to take the risk irrespective of the guarantee. Now the truth is, many of us sent our children to these schools. And unfortunately, they're not worshipping with us today. It's a, it's a reality. But I'm going to show you at the end of this that it's still a risk worth taking. See, sometimes God expects us to do things even though we may not know how it will turn out. Remember, remember Abraham? God expected Abraham to be obedient even though Abraham did not know where he was going. God expected jo Joseph to be obedient even though Joseph did not have the guarantee that he would come out alive. But God expects us to be obedient. I remember my father, and this is a true story, because pastors don't lie. Can you say amen? So, so, so I remember, and I couldn't understand it, 
And my father used to wake up early in the morning and leave the house late at night. He used to go to work, but he used to work up, wake up even earlier than going to work and come home even later. And then I would see him come with bottles into the house. And later on, I asked, what do you do with these bottles? So you'd collect bottles by the neighbors. Collect them. And then you'd bring them. And later on, I discovered that my father used this to assist, to pay for our school fees. He'd go, if I can tell you all the stories, he'd go, there would be days, he was a businessman, but there will be days that they will not eat. I didn't know this. They, will be, they won't be eating just to allow us, the two of them, to go to Adventist institutions. From Mitchell's plane. I mean, to, to walk in Mitchell's plane is already a risk. Now those rands and that, that, was convert, that, that, that bottles that were converted into rands was not enough for our whole tuition. But it was enough for that day. And I've learned that as you are obedient to God's will, he starts to reveal himself moment by moment. So as we remain in the footsteps, as we remain in the obedience of God, God, every, you know the song that says, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Now sometimes we want to jump and we want to look ahead. But this Christian experience is a moment by moment experience. Sometimes we want God to, to show us the future and say, show us Lord now, if I take this direction, where am I going to? Sometimes, but, but, but God says, no, no, I want to take you one day at a time. Moment by moment, every day with Jesus. And so what, what my, my, my father was able to, 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 to bring in through the bottles was not enough. And I may, because I want to stress this point, sometimes we think, but, but putting down 20,000 rand for one year, for one child, you know, how's that? God says, just trust me. I mean, how many of you, really beloved, some of us are coming out of Adventist institutions, have gone through these ranks of Christianity, and you know that your parents were not well off. You know your parents, but they, they, they had a faith of a, of a moment by moment experience with God. And suddenly a testimony comes in here. Suddenly uh, someone puts money in your bank account. Suddenly this happens. Suddenly this happens. And you start to see who God is. But when you limit God to your intelligence, you will never truly see the power of God. Say amen. You missed that one. I'm going to give you the third reason. And by the way, that songwriter, we're going to sing it, says, trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, just trust and obey. Now, I want to say this. Our schools aren't perfect. Because if you come from Calfontaine and you see the school from the... <laughs> It's not perfect. I mean, we don't have, we have good teachers, but, you know, it's, it's, the school needs a lot of help. 
And I'm not saying that we must sit back and just allow the school to continue the way it's been going on. If you have advice and you want to bring, you know, your, your contributions, you come and help the school. You know, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not perfect. And by, uh, so, so, so I'm not saying we should not examine our schools and assist our schools with sound advice. I'm not saying that the school must not undertake new methods that are relevant. You know, I strongly believe that God has not left his school in darkness. And he's not left the school. It's still the same school. It's still his school. And I believe, you know, if, if in the blueprint of Christian education, and if it, it is clearly outlined, and if we follow these things, our schools will become the head and not the tail anymore. We follow spirit of prophecy. We follow the counsel. We will be able to produce that which God intends for his children. So, don't base your obedience on guarantees. Don't base your faith on logic and your own intelligence. But the third reason why Hannah was willing to take the risk was because Hannah's faith was not in the blessing, but in the blesser. I'm going to say that again. You see, in chapter 1, think about it. Hannah is praying for a child. She's crying. As one who's weeping, who's drunk, She's crying. She says, Lord, give me a child. She's missed. She says, Lord, she's crying. She's depressed. She's stressed. She's, she's feeling deserted. She's alone. She says, Lord, give me a child. Then in chapter 1, God gives her a child. Then she gives the child back to God. Then in chapter 2, she's praising God, but without a child. Oh, hey. Ah, beloved, you, you, are you, where, okay. Chapter one, I'll try again. Chapter one. She does not have a child. She's praying and she's crying and she's miserable because she does not have a child. In chapter two, she again has no child because she had given a child back to Eli. She has no child, but now she's praising God. Now you may ask, what is happening? Because she's, she's, she's in the same situation where she was in chapter 1, again without a child, but now she's praising God. You see, Hannah had learned that her faith should not be in the blessing, but into the, in the blesser. Hannah had now reached a point where her life was not attached to the blessing, but into the blesser. So when she got to know God and the presence of God, she could, you see, because blessings, they come and go. And sometimes we get to attach to the blessing. And so when the blessing comes, we are happy. But when it goes, then our joy has also gone. But if you attach yourself to the blesser, irrespective if the blessing come and go, you are happy in Jesus. You know, I get excited when I see people. They, are, they have gone, I know, they've gone through hell. They are currently going through the hell. But they do not look as though they are the person that they are, the crucible that they are in. Yeah, have you seen those people? I mean... They, they, they've, gone, they've gone through a, a divorce. They've gone through losing their, a loved one, but they don't look that part. You know why? Because 
They were not attached to the blessing. They were attached to the blesser. Do you know what Moses says? Moses is going up. Last time he's going to Mount Sinai. Exodus chapter 33. He goes up to Mount Sinai and 34. He goes up and um, he says to God. And God calls the people. The people that uh, the Israelites stuff neck. Because their minds are just stuck on, on Canaan. And then Moses says to, says to God. Lord that I may know you. Then God. I, I, let me just know you. Then God says no. Uh, is your mind also not focused there on the blessing, on the blessing? Then Moses says these powerful words. Moses says, Lord, I will rather wander in the wilderness with your, your presence than enjoy the place called milk and honey without your presence. You see, what Moses had come to realize is that, mm, is that, 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 that faith and that the joy of God is not on what we get from God. It's not in the gifts of God, but it is in the giver. It is not in the presence of God, but it's in the presence of God. Oh. And the problem we have, the problem, because we look at these things, we look at, you know, the stats of others, and I mean, it's Christian education. By the way, I'm not the Christian education. This is not, I'm not supposed to be here, by the way. Um, this is not my message. I have other messages, but I, this is my message, but it's not the message that I, I you understand me? <laughs> I, <laughs> I was just saying, come talk, Christian. Last night, two o'clock, I'm busy working on a message. But I have other, but this one, yeah. It's Christian Education Day today. And I'm speaking about schools. But beloved, I want to tell you that it's not just about schools. It's about our personal lives. I want to tell you that if you don't know the blesser, you won't know what the blessing should look like. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think I said it here before. I'm going to say it again. I didn't get enough amens for that one. Sometimes, you see, you see, sometimes we, mm, I went to, I, I, I was at, I was at, at, at um, my home church is Mitchell's Plain, and there was a, a lady there, and she said, Pastor, please pray for me. And I said, yes, I'm going to pray for you. And I took her, I actually took her, I took her and I prayed because sometimes we say we pray and we, we forget to pray. And so I, I actually took it, I make it a habit. If someone says pray for me, I pray for them immediately. And I, I prayed for them. And she said, Pastor, I said, what must I pray for? She says, I want a job. And I said, uh, okay, I'll pray for a job. I prayed. I was pastoring, I was visiting uh, Mitchell, my, my home church. I was pastoring in Marmersbury. I came back to Mitchell's Plain and I said to her, Hey, and I remembered, I said, did you get a job? She says, yes, pastor, God blessed me with a job. And, and God blessed me, and I'm so happy that he blessed me. But I want you to pray again. I said, what must I pray for? She says, no, I want you to pray for God to speak to my boss so that I don't have to work on Sabbaths anymore. I said to my sister, that is not a blessing from God. That is a blessing from another blesser. Because God won't bless you with a blessing that goes against his own character. Let me tell you, every promotion that comes your way is not a blessing from God. 
every job, every girlfriend and boyfriend or partner that may not. Listen, if you don't know God, you won't know how his gifts will look like. That is why Matthew, Matthew 6, verse 33, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. My brother asked, has God granted all your blessings? If you came to him, he has the ability to grant you all your blessings and all your questions according to his riches in glory. So when the Bible says, ask whatsoever you will ask in my name and I will grant it to you, God will do it, all of it, to you. But if you seek his presence, because when you seek his presence, you will realize that there's been blessings that you've been praying for that is not required. Listen, I, I need to end off. But this is my encouragement to you this, this morning, afternoon. It's very simple. You can have the same faith like Hannah. It's all, it's, you, Hannah is not, you, you can have that faith that supersedes logic. You can have a faith that is not based on guarantees. And you can also learn to know God, the blesser for yourself. Is it your desire to have a faith like Hannah? To think about what you are going through. Tough times you are going through. Difficult times that you are going through. And you may have limited God and said, God, no, no, no. This is, this is beyond you. Just, but God is saying to you today, he can take that mess Look, it is only God that can take the dust of the earth, the dirt of the earth, and create a living soul. Only God. So he wants to take your mess and turn it into a message. He wants to take your test and turn it into a testimony. And he wants to take those demons in your life and turn it into sermons. But with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Second Corinthians tell us, in our weakness, God becomes strong. Paul says, that is why I, I, I boast about my limitations, I boast about my weaknesses, because it is when I realize how small I am that I realize how great God is. And we know what happened to Samuel. Praise God. Even though the circumstances in Shiloh was not con conducive and things did not all but Samuel became a great prophet for God and just like Samuel or in at least Samuel became a type of Christ represented the character of Christ I know people that went into our schools Pastor Ling uh, Pastor it's a prophecy so uh, uh, Mr. Ronnie Links I know you know it came into our schools non-adventists Today they are Adventists. There's power in our schools. Power in Christian education. All I want to say this, all I want to say this morning is yes, there is a risk involved when you send your child to any school. But when you send your child to Christian institutions, it is a risk worth taking. Amen.